Welcome to the Reimagined Church Podcast with Pastor Robert Tanner. You can listen weekly on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasting. You can learn more about Reimagined Church by visiting us online at reimaginedpeople.com or by downloading our app for your Apple and Android devices. Now, let's join the service for this week's message. All right, so we're continuing the series, Keep It Simple Stupid, because we want to keep it simple. Sometimes we just make the gospel, sometimes we make the truths of the Lord just so convoluted. And I think the Lord has done an awful lot to show us that our relationship with him doesn't have to be hard. I mean, think about how easy he made salvation for us. I mean, it was difficult for him. It's really easy for you and I. I mean, just to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you're saved. No working for it. No striving for it. No trying to climb certain mountains in hopes that you'll reach a certain level of goodness and God will say, okay, you're good enough to come in. None of that. None of that. And as Chris was speaking earlier, I was, I was thinking about, you know, that we, we say this all the time, that, because, and, and rightfully so, because the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so obviously it's like, well, that's, that's a lot of love. But I was thinking about this this morning. I, I, I went to the car wash before I came here and there was a song on the radio and it just made me have, have this thought. And I was like, wow, you know, he paid quite a price. And, and I really hadn't thought about it a lot until I was on the way to church this morning, but he did that because he wanted your love. You know, and, and I thought, wow, yeah, he, it's like, you know, he took a bullet for us, and I realized, no, 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 he, he did much more than that. I mean, you think about it, some people are willing to take a bullet for another person. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to have your hair pulled out are, and, and scourged to where you're unrecognizable? Matter of fact, you could see your ribs because the flesh has been ripped off your body. And that's after you've had a crown of thorns pressed onto your head so hard that the people who were doing it had to wear these metal gloves so they didn't get stuck as they're hammering it on your head. The thorns probably going into your skull. Then you're forced to carry this, this cross that I'm willing to bet was probably two or 300 pounds, your cross, after you've been beaten like this, and then you're gonna be nailed to it I don't know too many people that love anybody that much to where they're willing to sit there and go, eh, I'll do that. I think most of us, we even think about our children. We think, I love my children, I'll give my life for them. But when you think about it in reality, if you had to suffer that kind of death, I have a funny feeling. I kind of suspect that for my part, about halfway through or a quarter through, or maybe with a first hit of that whip, I might be sitting there thinking, okay, listen, I love you. If you can't believe it, that's on you. I ain't doing this no more. Okay, uh, that, that, That's just me. That's just me. But he did it because he wanted your love. He knew he loved you, so he was willing to give the price. But do we always know that it's because he wants your love? Think about that. Just later on today, just think about that. You you did that because you wanted me to love you back. It's pretty powerful stuff. 
But anyhow, we're in this, this series and we're, we're going through the Ten Commandments. And, you know, and just to remind you, and some people haven't been here for the rest of it, but we don't believe, at least I don't believe, and this is what I'm trying to convince you, and I'm, hopefully, or I'm hoping that during this series, you're going to get more and more convinced, each one of you, that the purpose of the Ten Commandments has a principle behind each one of them. And I believe that the principle behind each one of these commandments enhances our relationship with God and with other people. It's, it, they're not rules of things to do and don't. Again, just to remind you, he doesn't say, we, as parents, we don't tell our children, don't play in the street because we know that that's simply more fun and we don't want them to have fun. We do that because we know it's dangerous for them. So we tell them, you will play in the yard. It's the same principle. It's the same principle. So we've talked about the first four commandments. Today we're going to talk about the fifth commandment. The first four all had to do with our relationship with God. This is the first commandment that has to do with our relationship with each other. And specifically, we're talking about the principle of honor today. Honor as it relates to mothers and fathers. But we're going we're to even take it further than that. Now, Think about this, if you will, for a second. If you're going to make a list of the 10 most important things to you that you want other people to know that they should or shouldn't do, why would you put such an emphasis on honoring your mother and father? Why would that be, I mean, the top 10 things, why would that be one that's there? Especially in light of the fact that we live in a fallen world, and quite frankly, there's some bad parents out there. And this message, I understand, might even be hard for some of you because some of us have probably grown up with some terrible parents. Many, and if you haven't, you probably know somebody who did. And when you're trying to talk to somebody about honoring their mother and father and their parents were not honorable people, it's really hard to receive that. Because so many of us have had bad parents. Lucas, just remind you, you didn't. Okay, you had really good parents. Just have to remind him once in a while. But many of us didn't. So why? Why, why is that so important? Why would he put that in there? Here's a reason why I think so, that this is the case. He's trying to get the principle of honor in you as a young person. So that as you grow older, you will honor other people. In particular, you'll honor him. Because if you don't learn honor as a young person the consequences get deeper and more severe as you get older. We honor our parents as children, so as adults, we'll honor him. That's the reason why this is so important to him. Get it in us as a young person. Now, if you're not a young person anymore, and you might be thinking, oops, uh, I didn't necessarily honor him. Remember, it's not about keeping the rules. You're saved by grace. All right, the Lord can cover that. He can also redeem it, okay? So don't feel beat up. I want you to feel encouraged because you're probably gonna learn something that's gonna help you in your relationship, again, with God from moving forward and with other people that are around you because I think most of us in here know other people, right? If you don't, turn to the person next to you and introduce yourself. Real simple, okay? And suddenly you know somebody. 
All right, so here we go. So I have three things I wanna share with you. Three things I think honor produces. And again, I believe this is foundational, it's imperative. In order to live a happy and fulfilled life, we have to understand this principle of honor. So here's the first thing, and of course, if you saw the post I put this morning on Facebook, or you got the text message this morning, how many of you are getting the texts that are coming from the church? If you're not, it's because, okay, a lot of people aren't getting texts. If you're not getting texts, it's because we don't have the right information for you, okay? Uh, or you did get a text at one point and you hit the word stop so you wouldn't get them anymore and now we're not communicating with you. So if that's you, let Pastor Chris or myself know so we can reach out to you. But I, I gave you a hint this morning what we were talking about. So here's the first point, you ready? Honor produces faith. Honor produces faith. To have a greater faith in your life to believe in God, honor will actually produce that. So let me say it another way. As you learn honor as a child towards your parents, it's actually gonna help give you more faith to honor and believe God later on. It's actually gonna enhance your ability to believe, to believe. Exodus 20, starting at verse 12. Again, I'm doing the whole glasses thing here, so I'm trying to find my... My, my notes. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. Now, again, this is really, really important part that we, we miss, and I have an underline for you here. Which the Lord your God is giving you. Which the Lord your God is giving you. So he's saying, honor. Honor so that your days may be long in the promised land. And I'm gonna unpack some more of that for you in a little bit as well, because sometimes... We don't, we don't relate the promised land to us today. Um, well, as a matter of fact, let me just go do it, explain it to you right now. All right, remember, his people, they're coming out of slavery. They're coming out of a land of slavery, which is Egypt. They're actually going into, so they're coming out of bondage, and they're going to the promised land, which is a land of freedom. The majority of the people who left Egypt never made it into the promised land. They're in the wilderness for 40 years, but only those of the age of 20 and below made it into the promised land. They're the only ones, except for Joshua and Caleb. So he says, honor your mother and father. Get this principle in your life, is what he's trying to tell them, so that your days in the land may be long, and your life may be long, you're gonna be blessed. He's telling them there's, 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 there's something that's coming here if you'll do this. All right, but you know why so many of them didn't make it into the promised land? Because they didn't honor the word of the Lord. They didn't honor his word. He told them something and they disbelieved. It was the consequences for them. And I'm saying to you that if you will learn honor from an early age, it's gonna be important because later in your life, and this is what the Lord is telling them, later in the life, he's saying, I'm gonna be your authority. Your parents are your authority right now, but later on they're going to be. And if you won't honor them, you're not gonna honor me. And your parents represent me. Now, again, that's hard for some of you to hear, especially if you had bad parents, you're sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, okay? But I should probably tell you this. I think many times, I think it's true for most of us, I know that I have, sometimes when we think of honor, we think we have a tendency to honor or associate it with agreement, okay? Um, let's, let's think of it, because I think you really relate to it this way, in political terms, Okay, um, if, you're, uh, if you're a Republican, you're probably going to, man, when somebody like 
maybe Trump, maybe not Trump, or Rick DeSantis, or George Bush, or Ronald Reagan, when they say something and you're in agreement with it, you think that's an honorable person. And I'm, I'm gonna honor that. As a matter of fact, you might even repeat some of the things that they say. If you're a Democrat, all right, it would be just the opposite. You'd be sitting here thinking, well, Barack Obama or Joe Biden or Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton, you, you, you name it, whoever your favorite Democratic person is, you, you kind of honor or go along with what you're saying because you're in agreement with what they're saying. Make, make sense? You with me so far? Okay. Uh, or, or let's say you have, you, you're talking to two different parents. One believes in corporal punishment for children and the other person doesn't. They just believe in you know, trying to reason with their children. You're going to feel more honorable, more in agreement with a person that leans in the direction that you're leaning, correct? That's how we have a tendency to, to look at this. But I, I want to present to you that I believe that honor actually comes into play and is more important when just the opposite is happening. When you're not in agreement. When you're not in agreement. You know the reason why I think the Lord said, honor your mothers and fathers? Besides just the fact that if you don't honor them, you won't honor him. Because he knows that as kids, many times your parents are going to tell you to do things you don't agree with. Is it possible? Is it possible that as adults, the Lord might ask you to do some things you're not going to want to do? Think about David and Saul. Saul tried, we, we know that Saul tried to pin David to a wall no less than 16 times with a spear. And at one point, David is standing over Saul while he's asleep. And his buddy is trying to get him to take his spear and drive it right through the ears of Saul and pin him to the ground. D David makes it very clear, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna touch God's anointed. David knew this guy was after him and would have done just the opposite to him if he had the chance. He had already tried. But David still had a heart to honor. If nothing else, he was honoring the position because David's response was, I am not gonna touch God's anointed. God put him here. God knew he was going to do the things that he was going to do. I'm gonna, even if I disagree with him, he's doing something dishonorable. I'm gonna honor the position that he's in because I'm gonna honor God. I think it's much harder to do that. And I think it's something that has to be cultivated and worked out and built up in our life. Because you and I have a lot of people probably every day that we don't agree with. Is that license to be dishonorable to them? No, no. I, I don't even have time to go through all the scriptures that there are that talks about honoring each other, honoring one another. Okay, so there's a lot that's out there. So I told you honor produces faith. And these people didn't enter the promised land because of unbelief. In other words, it could be, it's a lack of faith. So let me show it to you here. And let me show it to you in what it actually says to prove to you that I believe that because it's actually in the New Testament. Imagine that, Hebrews 3, 9. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. See, I didn't make that up. It's right there in scripture. So I'm gonna show you again how honor produces faith and how unbelief is a result of not honoring. So we believe honor can actually give you something, but dishonor is actually gonna rob you as well. It'll do just the opposite. Mark 6, verses one through two. This is referring to Jesus. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. Again, this is very important. It's his own country. In other words, it's where he grew up. 
It's where he grew. It's his Utica. Okay? And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Now, this astonished is not astonished in a good way. You could probably almost say they were a little bit of offended. And I'll show you here in just a second why. Saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this in which is given to him that such a mighty works are performed by his hand? Okay, so obviously they're seeing mighty works and they're, they're crediting him with wisdom, but they're astonished. They're astonished. They, 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 don't, they don't like this. Even though they're seeing mighty works and hearing wisdom, they don't like it. Verses three and four, and watch this. Is this not the carpenter? In other words, they're sitting there and saying, hey, isn't this just a carpenter's son? He's just, he's just a carpenter. Uh, let me put it this way. Um, you know what? Isn't this just the jailer at the prison? He, he's nobody. He's nobody. The son of Mary, the brother of James. By the way, I don't want to pick a fight. This verse right here clearly shows you that Mary was no longer virgin Mary. The mother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And are not his sisters plural with us? So he had at least Four brothers and two sisters. Okay? Just saying. Has nothing to do with the message. Just an extra point. Not even going to charge you for it. Okay? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except... No, what are you saying? He's saying, hey, a prophet always has honor except in his own own country, amongst his own relatives, and in his own house. So this is one of the reasons why we know one of the passages that we get the idea and understanding that even Jesus' family thought he was cuckoo. Just one of them. I'm not going to go into the other one right now because we've got time for it. Now he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Watch this. And he marveled because of their, what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Okay, listen. Their unbelief robbed them of other mighty works that you could have done. Where does unbelief come from? Dishonor. Jesus just said that. He just made that point. Dishonor causes unbelief. They dishonored him, so they had unbelief. So honor produces faith. Just the opposite. If they had honored him, it would have produced the faith that they needed for him to do more work in their midst and in their lives. Have you ever heard this saying? Um, and we're talking about family here. Familiarity breeds what? Contempt. All right, familiarity comes from the word family. Familiar family. Familiar family. Why do we have contempt for them? Because we've heard them burp. 
We've heard them get mad. We've heard them get angry. We've seen them get upset. We've heard them say things that they shouldn't say. All right. this, is, this is one of the reasons why a lot of pastors' kids struggle when they're growing up in their relationship with the Lord. Not all of them, but some of them. I was one of them. Because I had seen my parents get upset. I had seen them get mad. I heard them say things they shouldn't say. And as a child, I was too familiar with them so I couldn't reconcile the godly people with their fallen side. I just hadn't, I didn't have the, the emotional or mental stability to bring that together. You with me? Okay. Julie was just the opposite. All right, her family, uh, it's not that she didn't see her family do things. As a matter of fact, she and I have talked. She, she, she knows things. All right, but she responded. Let me, let me just say it this way, quite frankly, okay? She, would, she had learned the principle of honor to a deeper level than I had. So she was still able to honor them. And I honored my, pe- my parents too, and I'll talk about that later on, okay? But honor isn't always just what comes out of your mouth. It's an attitude that's in your heart. That's what's in your heart. So remember, by the way, remember the Roman centurion that comes up to Jesus? He wants, he wants healing for this person in his household. And he says, listen, he said, I have, the centurion says, I have authority. I have people who are over me, and I have people that are under me. So he's telling Jesus, I recognize the authority that you have. I recognize that authority. And you just say the word, and it's done. Because he knew authority. And he knew that authority, you honor authority. You have to honor the authority. You you remember Jesus' response to him? I haven't seen that kind of faith in all Israel. If Jesus was here today, you know what he would say? When when a person who, let's say, is an unbeliever came and said that to him, Jesus would say, you know what? I haven't seen that kind of faith in the entire Christian church. I haven't haven't seen that. But he understood authority. And he understood what comes from it. So what's the principle of honor? It's to honor those in authority. And your parents have authority in your life. So I'm telling you, the reason we're probably the most faithless generation since the generation that was in the book of Acts is probably because we are the most dishonoring generation there is. So we struggle. And I can't help but wonder, as we read the book of Acts and we see so many things that are happening, 3,000 people being added to their numbers day by day, somebody going to the reimagined church of the day and the pastor spoke for three hours or all night long and he fell out of a window dead and raised to life. Okay, is it, I'm just, I'm just pontificating here, is it possible because of our lack of belief and our dishonor? Is that possible? We have to ask that question because here's number two. 
By the way, I thought about this. Have you ever, have you ever heard anybody say, nobody's gonna tell me what to do? How many, how many have ever heard that? Nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Isn't it funny that that's the guy that usually ends up either in jail or in the army? <laughs> the two places where everybody is going to be telling them what to do. <laughs> I think the Lord has a sense of humor. When he hears this, he's, he's like, okay. I know just the place for you. This will help you. This will help you. All right, so here's, here's the New Testament, same command in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, verses three through one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with promise, that it may be well with you and you. Now remember, he's quoting this phrase out of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5 and you may live long on the earth. Okay, so here's what he's telling them. Children, you need to do two things. You need to obey and you need to honor. Okay, so what's the difference? Real simple, when your children are in your home, you obey, you obey. When you're older and you're out of the house, you honor. You obey when you're in the home, you honor them later on. I used to tell my children, you can ask Lucas, as long as I'm paying the bills and you're in this house, you will obey these house rules. My children who are out of the house, I can't say that to them now. But what I would tell them is you should at least honor me for not killing you when you were in the house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way, okay? All right. All right, <laughs> yeah, right, somebody said, okay, there you go. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? All right, all right, listen, okay, you're hoping, you're hoping that as they begin to honor you, you can, your teenagers, think about this, and if you had teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. If you were a teenager, you should, this might go, oh, okay, I, I get that. As teenagers, you're hoping that as they begin to honor you, and, they, and they're obeying you, you can give them more freedom, Right? But if they're starting to show that they're disobedient and they're not honoring, then you can't release the freedom to them that you want to. So it really starts to cost them. But if a person is not, if they haven't learned how to honor yet, then you still have to keep them at a point where they're learning to obey or they're never gonna get to the next level. And by the way, we have some 40-year-olds that still haven't learned this principle of honor. And one of the things I've seen is they go from job to job to job because nobody's gonna tell them what to do. Let me, let me tell you something else they do. <laughs> they go from church to church to church because nobody's gonna tell them what to do. They won't learn to submit to the authority that the Lord has put in their life. And they'll give you all kinds of spiritual reasons why they think that's the case and they shouldn't have to do that. Okay. Remember, Honor is not based upon your agreeing with a person. All authority, read this a little bit, all authority has been established by God. All authority. Even your governors, whether you agree or disagree, your presidents, whether you agree or disagree, you name it, pastors, Bosses. Now, in the mind, our human reason says, well, no, they bought their way in, they cheated the way. Listen, 
They can't buy or cheat their way into a place that God isn't going to allow it to happen for whatever his purposes are. And when Paul writes this, he is suffering under one of the most repressive regimes the world has ever known. Much more repressive than things that are going on in this country that you might disagree with. And he's saying, you honor all authority. He didn't say you have to agree with it. Now, obviously, in Scripture, God does not call us to come in alignment with something that's immoral or against his word. We do draw a line on that. But I can tell you right now, during COVID, I saw a lot of Christians arguing their political and personal points, and it wasn't based on immorality. Now, they tried to stretch it, but they stretched it too far. And it brought dishonor to the kingdom of God. It really did. It caused a lot of our political leaders to distrust people in the church because we were dishonoring in the way that we even disagreed. And I'm not saying we have to keep our mouths shut and not, not share what our thoughts were. But you cannot do that in a dishonoring way. You can't, to dishonor means you take the honor out. You can still disagree with somebody and do it honoringly. You have to. It has to be a priority. I lost my place here because I went off my notes and I knew I was going to do that. Okay, so we say that this is the first promise with a command. Have you ever heard that? But remember, what's the promise? Yes, we've heard that. Do you remember what the promise is? That you, you, may, you, know, that you may live long, but, but that's not all of it. That, that's not all of it. The promise is that things may go well with you and that you may live long. There's two parts to that. Now, I don't want to be sarcastic or silly here, but quite frankly, how many people want to live long if things aren't going well? I mean, we, we, we could all think of stories of, of people that we know. And you're sitting here thinking, I wouldn't want to live that way. I wouldn't want to live that way. Things may go well with you. Now, I can't tell you as a pastor how many times I've seen children from the same family, the same parents. And I, I, think, I, I, I know I'm going to meddle here a little bit with some of you. Um, and it, I, I'm just trying to tell you, if you listen to me and you'll, you'll take what I'm saying, it, might, it could possibly change your life. But how many of us know this kind of case where you see these kids from the same, same parents made the same mistakes with the kids, all right, lived in the same household, but one of the kids, things is going well for, and one, things is not going well for. How many, don't raise your hands, all right, but yeah, just nod your heads. I know, I know that, I know that. As a matter of fact, you might be that kid. Things are going well for, and your sibling, you're like, mm. Or you might be the one that things did not go well for. When one of them speaks about their parents, they can show by what they say, how they're thinking, and how they're acting toward their parents with honor, and things just go well for them. Same parents. And the other one doesn't. Doesn't. The only difference was their responses. The responses. This is extremely important. This morning when I was going over these notes, I just remembered this. 
it just came to my mind. Do you remember the story of Noah after the flood? At one point, he's in his tent. He's been drinking, had a little too much, you know, must have been Christmas time, too much eggnog. All right. He's been drinking, got drunk. Is one laying on the ground naked. His son Ham sees him. Okay. Ham comes out and tells his brothers. I'm, 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 I'm giving you the high level story here. The brothers, they walk in backwards with a blanket and they drop a blanket over their father. Okay. What was the difference? Ham, I think Ham, I think what he did is he came out and he was shaming his father. He was bringing dishonor. He probably came out and said, hey, guys, dad's in there naked, full view, and nobody want to see that. Now, some theologians believe probably what happened was Ham may have been watching the events of the night and maybe even watched his dad being sexually active with his mother. The other two brothers weren't as impressed. So they covered up his nakedness. Some some part of scripture, they covered up his shame. The two brothers protected their father and didn't go announce it. The one brother doesn't protect his father. He shames him, turns it into a joke. Noah, when he finds out, he wakes up and he knows what's happened. It's really interesting. Scripture doesn't tell us how he knows but he knows before anybody says anything to him. So I can't help but wonder if Ham laid a little trap for him to let him know you were seen. Again, embarrass him. I know you. Hey, I, I heard you burp. I saw what you did. Remember that familiarity breeds contempt thing? So what does, Ham, so what does Noah do? He pronounces blessing on his brothers and a curse. Listen, listen. The curse, this is so weird. The curse he didn't pronounce on Ham. He pronounced on his son and his grandsons, the following generations. Now think about that. Think about that. When you dishonor or I dishonor our parents or anybody, you and I might not see the immediate consequences, but is it possible your children and grandchildren will? And by the way, I can't help but wonder if Ham didn't have the same thing done to him that he did to his dad. I had a funny feeling his children, his grandchildren dishonored him because it was was modeled for them. And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Just a thought. Romans 13.1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Okay, we talked about that a minute ago. Okay, governing authorities. He's talking about the Roman Empire right there. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That's gonna mess with your theology a little bit. Okay, so this word subject. Remember, you've heard me say this before. Many words that are used in the Greek come from either military or sporting terms. 
This word subject is actually has a military background to it. And what it means is it literally means to submit, boys, Americans, we hate this, without any question to the troop leader. That's the military term. No question. Now, those of you who've been in the military, you get this. You understand this because you understand that not submitting to your authority may cost you your life and it could cost other people their lives as well. I can't help but wonder across history how many times governments have persecuted Christians because Christians were insisting on their rights and they the government felt that they were a, thort, were a threat to them. I've wondered over the years, those of us who are old enough, we remember the Soviet Union. Okay, we remember communism. And I was gonna say the excesses, it wouldn't be the excesses because they had nothing, I mean, except for the people at the top. But they didn't allow any kind of religious freedom from Christianity at all. And I can't help but wonder sometimes if it's because they looked at maybe the American church and how they responded to authority and they said, you know what? If that's what it's like, we don't want it here. But it's really interesting, in about the second century, one of the Caesars of the Roman Empire actually had some of his people go out and do a study, took a survey, took a poll, What's going on with these Christians? And what, the, what he was told by the people who came out of the report said, these believers might be the most faithful, obedient people in all of the empire because of their attitude. Because of their attitude. They were, they were finding ways to love people and submit to authority and not be a threat to them. It's because of their attitude. To be obedient without question. Verse two, therefore, whoever resists the authority, good, you caught my spelling, my grammar, spelling error there. <laughs> I spelled therefore wrong in my notes and thank you for people double checking. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. Okay, you heard what that just said. Please tell me you heard that. If you and I are going to resist the authority that's there, I want you to know you are violating the ordinary principles of God. You and I might think we're doing a good thing, but our Father is sitting here going, you're not. You're violating my principle for your life. You're being dishonorable, and you are not reflecting who I am. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. I just talked about that. I just talked about that. Remember, okay, so this term remember, let everyone be subject. Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. All right, but here's what I want you to see. I'm, I want to, we're gonna read verse 51. I want you to see what he said, what happens about Jesus, what it's talking about in the very verse before that. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Now, this, is Jesus, this is Jesus and his parents, and was subject. Same word, same word. Let me put it another way. 
If Jesus was subject to his parents, do you think maybe you and I should be? Yeah. Yeah. He was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. Now, remember how it says those who resist bring judgment on themselves. Exodus 21, verse 15. And he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. I would say that's, that's a judgment. Okay, pretty clear. Exodus 21, 17. And he who, cur- some people say, well, I would never hurt my parents. Okay, let's look at the next one. And he who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. Don't raise your hands. How many times have you ever cursed your parents? And I'm not talking about just using foul language. But you, you, you said something. Something came out of your mouth. You felt in your heart. Well, you pronounced a curse. I hate you. Okay. I'm telling you, it fits. Proverbs 20, 20. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. That's another way of saying, you gone. Now, in the New Testament, I want to show you something here. We have two passages. Both have lists, and the lists are longer than this, but I'm just going to show you part of the list and how important this is, even in the New Testament. Because I know some people are always like, well, that's Old Testament. Okay, so let me show it to you in the New. I've already showed you one place. Romans 1.30. These are things that God is not happy with. I'm, I'm saying that very nicely. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents. Makes the list. 2 Timothy 3.2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. What makes the list? Go ahead. You put it back on the screen? You don't have it? Okay. That's why you don't know it's on the list. So it got missed somehow. Disobedient to parents. There's a clue. Okay. There's a theme. You starting to see the theme here? You with me? All right, those who resist authority are gonna bring judgment on themselves very, very clearly, okay? You might think you're being wise, but if you're gonna dishonor authority, you are gonna pay the price for it. They're not, you are. He's making it very clear on that, very clear. Now, here's a passage from the Old Testament. It's talking about a generation that doesn't honor a mother and father. Now, here's what you need to understand. This could be any generation that has ever been. It's not just this generation, our younger people now, that are still under their parents' authority. We're not, it could be any generation. But what it does, it actually begins with this phrase, not honoring mother or father. And it ends, this whole passage, with a phrase, not honoring mother or father. But in the middle are these two verses that a lot of commentators are actually really confused about and they don't know why they're in there. I heard another pastor talk about this and share his thoughts and I was like, he's right. It really fits very well and I'm gonna show it to you. I think you'll get this. Maybe it's because what happens to people who dishonor their mother and father um, uh, because this is what happens to him. So I want you to watch and see if you can actually see this fit together because I think it comes together perfectly. You with me? Okay, so number of verses, two seem to be out of place. Watch for it and I'll talk about it a little bit and I think you'll get it. Proverbs 30, starting at verse 11. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. Again, it's gonna be talking about any generation, any generation. So don't, don't sit here and think, yeah, I know what you're talking about, those kids. Okay? It could, have been, could be your generation. It could be you. 
All right. There, <clears throat> excuse me. Verse 12. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes. Now, again, I want you to think about the society that you and I live in right now. Yet is not washed from its filthiness. In other words, it thinks it's got it together, and it don't. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Here's what this is saying. Things don't change. Here's what the generation is doing, especially when it comes to authority. Their eyelids are lifted up. Have any of you ever seen that? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever done that? I said, don't raise your hand. Okay. All right, verse 14. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords. Now again, I want you to think about how sharp our words are with each other these days, especially if somebody disagrees with you. We can be brutal with each other. And whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Okay, now, this is a part of the sermon, but again, I was reading this this morning, and I thought, okay, to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Let me ask you something. How many of you, when you read that last part right there, sitting there thinking, I don't quite get that part about the, divorce, about the poor and the needy. It kind of doesn't make sense. Would you, would you agree with that? It's sort of like, what does that mean? Yes? No? I'm, you call it kind of quiet. Does it hit you the same way it does me? Okay. And as I was reading that, their fangs were like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. I was like, Lord, what does that mean? It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Think about this. Think about this. How many people, and by the way, I'm talking about this generation specifically right now because we can relate to it because we're in it. But I'm telling you, my generation, my parents' generation, all have done the same thing. Think of the term of social justice. How many people in this generation, their teeth, their words, the things they say are like knives in their cutting. And they do it for social justice purposes because they want to eliminate poverty. Okay? They want to eliminate the needy. And what they do is they dishonor the previous generations because you didn't do enough. You did this. You didn't do this. So what they do is they justify their words by saying, oh, I'm gonna help eliminate all this social ill. Do you see it? Do you see it? They're being brutal is a means of, I'm gonna make all things right. But they repeat all the same mistakes. Yes. It just hit me for the first time. I was like, that just doesn't make sense. And the, and the Lord just said, what's, your gener- what's this generation doing right now? And of course, you know who they're blaming? A, a lot, Christians. Christians. You'll hear them say, if it wasn't for Christianity, we wouldn't have all of this stuff going on. I've actually heard people say, if it wasn't for Christianity, then we wouldn't have had all these wars throughout history, which is just an absolute lie. Communism and Nazism in the last century alone, those two atheistic ideologies, 
are responsible for the death of close to 200 million people. But they won't talk about that. It's believers' fault. Now, that doesn't mean the church has ever done, I mean, we all heard of the Crusades. Things have been done wrong in the name of Christianity over the years. No doubt about that. Same thing with Islam. In the 700s, Islam marched across northern Africa, the Middle East, and parts of Europe, and they murdered everything in their way. Now, I'm not saying that's a tenet of Islam. I'm just telling you, people, I don't care what their ideologies are. They can abuse things, okay? But I just, I just want you to see that. It just made sense. It was like, oh, wow. How, how, how we make ourselves, build ourselves up, we can do that to justify the things that we think are important to us. But it's really narcissistic and it's self-serving. Okay, so let's get back on track here. Now, here's the two verses that I wanted to tell you don't fit. Verses 15 and 16. The leech has two daughters, give and give. In other words, give to me and give to me more. There are three things that are never satisfied, four, never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. Enough. Okay, now watch because verse 17 wraps all this up. The eye that mocks his father. That's what that's talking about. Because you and I, when you and I have done that, quite frankly, we know we're kind of mocking what we heard the person say or do, aren't we? Don't we? Is that true? Yes? Yeah. That's really what we're doing. We're mocking it. And scorns obedience to his mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Okay, that's another way of saying there's gonna be consequences to that. Now, I wish I could had the time to go into biblical terminology, but this term, the ravens and the, eagle, the young eagles, uh, there's terminology that would basically equate, equate that to really sort of demonic forces. In other words, you're gonna bring something into your life you don't want. There's gonna be a consequence and it's gonna bring spiritual death to you. So it starts by saying, doesn't honor the mother and father, and it ends with saying, doesn't honor the mother and father. You know what those two verses, you know what they're saying right in the center? Entitlement. Entitlement. (laughs) Again, I want you to think about the culture that we live in. The entitlement that's there. Uh, I'll just share some of the things that I've seen and heard. Uh, now, we live in a less affluent area, so you won't see this so much here. But if you go to more affluent areas like in North Texas where we're from, drive through a high school parking lot and look at the cars that are there. Teenage kids driving newer Jaguars, Porsches, BMWs, $120,000 Ford Mustang 5.0s. I've seen that, and not in just one high school. Kids who say they have a right to a free college education. If their parents don't give them the clothing they want, well, you're just a bad parent. Their parents gave it to them. See, they equate stuff with love. And they're willing to dishonor 
if they can't get what they want. They don't understand. You remember we talked about this, I think it was last week, that word amiss. We talked about we pray for things, we ask amiss. And I gave you the definition for the word amiss. We think it means selfishly, and that's not what it means. It literally means sick and miserable. And the Lord says, when you ask for things with the wrong motive, if I gave it to you, it's going to make you sick and miserable. Because we have an entitlement issue. And again, this can apply to any generation. But that's what that's talking about, an entitled group of people. And my parents' generation, they were the Depression era and I remember my aunts and uncles and other people came out of the area, era talking about how much they struggled and how hard it was. And I remember so many of them saying, I, I think I've even seen it in movies and television programs, I don't want my children to go without the way that I did. So what did they do? They gave my generation, what you and I would, my generation would think they gave us everything. Now, the younger generation would think they didn't give you nothing, okay? Because again, they're more entitled, but they, they, they didn't want us to suffer. Well, we learned that. We, we, we realized, well, if I want something, I just keep striving for the next level of better. And so what did our generation do with our kids? We just enhanced it all the more. And if our, and if the kids started, if that, our, gener, our kids' generation started complaining or comparing us to other people, in other words, let me put it this way, if they started dishonoring us, well, I didn't want to hear the dishonor, so I'm going to give them what they want so that they'll say honorable things about me. I know one of our kids said dishonorable things about us to other people. And I know they did because even today when I'm around some of those other people, I can still sense from them things that they believe that a child said to them because they weren't getting their own way. I, I, I hope you're hearing this because we're talking about this principle of honor. So I'm telling you the consequences of not honoring there. Uh, not just father and mother, but also just any authority. Again, the list goes on and on and on. I wish I had the time to take you all the way through scripture and show you all the places. Because but here's the deal. We're supposed to honor all people. We're supposed to honor all people. Here's a good one. Honor one another. I think that kind of means everybody. How about honoring your wife? That's a pretty good one. All the wives are going, yeah, yeah. How about honoring your husband? The men are going, yep, yeah, see, us too. Okay. Uh, we, listen, we should be honoring everybody. Husbands and wives are part of everybody. And by the way, let me share this thought with you. Do you know the first thing that Adolf Hitler did to gain control? He, they, he it actually taught the children to turn in. That's the most evilest, evilest government there ever was, empire there ever was. They taught the children to turn the parents in if they disagreed with Nazism. I want you to think about this. Turn on the news. We are stepping in the same poo. Stepping in the same poo. Let me say it another way. He simply taught them to dishonor their mothers and fathers. Same thing. I told you, this goes to any generation. So younger people, don't feel like I'm picking on you. Our generation did the same thing. It just looked a little bit different. It's the same thing. Same thing. Okay, so here's number three. It produces destiny. 
It produces destiny. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you. Now watch, in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So he's referring to the promised land for them. But can I tell you something? God has a promised land for you and I as well. He has a promised land. And you know what? Here's what it is. It's your calling and it's your destiny in your life. That's the promised land for you. Your calling and your destiny. I can't help but wonder how many Christians have never walked in your, and by the way, when I talk about calling, I'm not talking about your job. That's not your calling. That's your vocation, all right? That's what you do to make money. I'm talking about your calling within the kingdom of God. Why God specifically created each and every one of you. You have a calling and you have a destiny. That's your promised land. And I'm trying to tell you, things are going to go well with you, or I'm sorry, they're not gonna go well with you if you dishonor your mother and your father. Now, again, we're talked about grace, okay? And you might be sitting here thinking, hey, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, my, my parents are gone. Listen, it, it, it's redeemable. You, you, as long as you have a heartbeat, and you're willing to learn this principle of honor, God can still move you into your calling and your destiny. Moses was 80 when he moved into his. As long as you have a heartbeat, you haven't missed it. So don't be discouraged. Honor your mother and father that things may go well with you and you may live long in the destiny and the calling that God has on your life. That's for you and I immediately right now. God has a destiny. He has a promised land. And the promise, by the way, is not heaven. Some people say it's heaven. No, you know how I know why? Because the promised land still had enemies in it. And you're still, you still have an enemy of your soul. It's not gonna keep you out of that promised land. The promised land is the overcoming Christian life on this earth. Right now. Right now. You defeat the enemy and you live on the promises of God on this earth. Right now. Right now. Matthew 15, eight, one through eight. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, now watch how tactful Jesus is here, okay? Why do you also transgress the command of God because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God then he need not honor his father or his mother. In other words, what happens when parents were getting to old age, instead of honoring their parents and helping them, the Pharisees were actually telling people, listen, if the money you're gonna give to your parents or the money I'm gonna give to my parents, I, I, I'm gonna give to the church instead because it's, giving, it's given to God. And Jesus is saying, you're not honoring your parents. You're using religion to justify dishonor. Okay, again, 
because it's recent history, think about how we used our religious rights to dishonor people in authority during COVID-19. I'm telling you, it's the exact same thing. And I know I'm rubbing some people wrong right now, or I will if they watch us online later on. Okay. In other words, again, instead of helping in the old age, you know, it, this has got to go to Jesus. You know, it's got to go to the building program. Sorry. And by the way, they weren't actually giving it to them. They were keeping it for themselves. Because they were part of ministry. It's got to fund me. Thus you have made the command of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites. That's a way to win. Win over some people, isn't it? Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Let me tell you something about honor. Again, I said to this to you earlier, it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's, it's coming from what do you do in your heart? Where's your heart? Because you can say with your lips you honor your parents, but what do you really think about them? What do you really think about them? Okay. So, let's talk about bad parents just for a second. I'll wrap this up. Sorry, I know I went a bit long today, but I think this is kind of important right now. Because this, this stings for some people. And, and I get it. I get it. This is not meant to, to hurt anybody or to pour salt in the wound. I'm trying to tell you that there can be healing for this no matter what your past is. Okay? Some people grew up, again, with heathen parents. I get it. I know other people that have grown up with Christian church parents or parents who took them to church and they were still really bad, really bad parents. In fact, I think the more, uh, some of the most abusive situations and stories that I've actually heard of from people um, are, are probably from people that were in the church. And the reason why is because it's more difficult to get healed when that's been in the case uh, because of these, these church situations, I think, again, I think, uh, well, you, you, it's sort of, you, what do you expect from somebody who's not saved, right? You, you kind of expect they're gonna act like the devil. You don't expect that from somebody who's going, yeah, Jesus every week, oh Lord. You, 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 we don't expect that. We should understand that they're still broken people. And again, I'll talk about that a little bit more, but it just makes it harder, it makes, more confu- it, makes it more confusing for people. Again, it's just tough. It's just tough when your parents are quoting the Bible to you and acting in a different way. So, so how do you honor dishonorable people? It's really simple. <laughs> you choose to. You have to make that choice. You choose to understand you were raised by humans. And this is one of the things that kind of helped me as I was getting healing later on in my life and I was learning some things too, some, some bad habits I learned from my parents. Okay, that I realized I was raised by humans. And by the way, I don't know how they were raised. And, and I'm willing to tell you, your parents probably have some stories you've never heard. And, and most parents, unless they've received a lot of healing and, and they've been in a place where they can be safe to share their stories, they're not gonna tell you. So you don't know what was done to them by other humans who were broken. I'm just telling you, you just don't know all the stories. And you have to account for that. And by the way, most of them didn't have access to the truth that you have now. And if they did, it was a very legalistic version of the truth. It really was. 
And it wasn't from the Holy Spirit at all. It wasn't healthy. They didn't know anything about inner healing or deliverance. They didn't know anything about being baptized in the Spirit. They'd never been taught any of that. They didn't know anything about getting into the Word of God and why we do that. Um, the, the, the churches, again, that they were from were all form and tradition or ritual. So they don't have access to the stuff that we've given you access to here at Reimagine Church. And other churches that I know that have given access to it as well. They simply did not have that. And again, most of their churches, it was a cultural experience. It was just a cultural thing instead of a, of a spiritual experience. So you and I have to develop a grace for them to understand they have their own stories with sharp edges and hurtful tongues that you got cut from. I get that. But what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to show them the same grace that Jesus Christ is showing you and I by shining a light on this. That's what we want to do. Listen, I had great parents, but they weren't perfect. But I can tell you right now, you've never ever heard me dishonor them, and I'm never going to. You've heard me tell some stories, share some thoughts, but I've never done it in a dishonoring way. I've done it in a, in a way that I'm trying to help you understand they were broken people too. And by the way, probably my guess is that they were still alive. The stuff that I'm telling you, because I would have had these conversations with them, I know them, they would be okay with me sharing. As a matter of fact, now that they're in heaven, I guarantee I know that they're okay with me sharing with you. They're probably up to sitting there, son, tell them everything you can in hopes that one gets set free. Because at the end of time, all things are gonna be laid bare. There's nothing that's gonna be hidden. We're all gonna know it anyway. And they're receiving their reward. But you're never gonna hear me shame them. And I really believe it's because of this principle. Here I'm wrapping up right now. It's because of this principle. I think it's time that we stop thinking of God's commands as old-fashioned and start thinking of them as well-fashioned. They're well-fashioned. And there's a reason for them. There's a reason for them. So what if you do if you had bad parents? You have to forgive them. You have to choose to forgive them. And by the way, that can be a process. It's not a forgive and forget, by the way. You are not gonna find that in the Bible. Forgive and forget. You would have to be a moron to forget some of the things that have happened to you. If you forget the things that happened to you, you're going to repeat them. Trust me. Step out in front of an oncoming bus once, and if you survive, and you forget, <laughs> you're gonna do it again. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. But you're, 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 again, if you, don't, if you don't get this principle, you're gonna heap evil upon yourself. You're the one. You're the one who's gonna suffer. When we don't get this principle, again, we, we, we think, oh, well, the other people are gonna pay. No, they're not. You are. And that is your pastor. I'm trying to help you not have happen. And by the way, you know why I'm trying to do that? Because I've learned that from the Lord that that's exactly what he was doing. He's trying to help you. I'm trying to help you understand I don't want that to happen. 
And if you'll follow this ordinary principle I'm giving you, I'm blowing bubbles here, sorry. <laughs> that happens when you get old, by the way, sorry. Then it's gonna be better for you. It's gonna be better for you. So some people might be asking, okay, so why did God put me in this situation? Can I just tell you this, say it to you this way? I don't think God put you in this situation because he doesn't do that. I think he brought you through the situation. I think he brought you through it. You know why? Because he wants you to be a witness to other people to give them hope. That's the reason why he brought you through it. That's the reason why you're able to sit here today and not run out the door. Because he wants to use you. Remember, nothing's ever wasted. I don't care. Your your testimony is not about how bad you were. It's about how good he is. And nothing's ever wasted. He's going to use your testimony to bring freedom into another person's life. See, you and I haven't got to live in the shame and the guilt of our sin because it's been redeemed. We have a hope and a promise. Just stand up with me. Chris, am I ending? So I, I, again, just like we do every week, I'm just gonna pray for you. As we're done praying, the service is over as I, as I finish up. We'll have a couple people up here if you want some prayer for something else, whether it's anything. So you fill in the blank. We'll pray for you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you have, like I did many times, you said a prayer, but you never actually made him Lord or life took you down another path and you just struggled and you just, you literally had a train wreck, but you're feeling a tugging on your heart and you want to start new. Now's the time for it. So I'm gonna give you that opportunity. I'm not, we're, gonna, we're not gonna call on you to raise your hand or anything like that. I'm just gonna ask you, be one of the people that comes up front. Tell, tell somebody that's up front here that you wanna pray with them. Let them pray with you, all right? Let them help you reestablish that relationship. There's no better time than right now. And by the way, if you'll do that, then all these other things I've been talking about today will be much easier. As a matter of fact, I can tell you right now, if you don't do that first, these other things are simply not going to happen. They're just not going to. You might be, you might be figuring, well, I, I, can, I can just be a good person. And you're gonna struggle every day for the rest of your life to toe the line. And that's not how we're created. We're not, that's not how we're created. So come up and let somebody agree with you. And if you do, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a gift to give you as well and, and we'll, we'll have some other things to tell you about that'll help get you started on your journey, okay? But just relate, I'll just hold your hands like this. Father, I pray for everybody's here right now. I suspect, Lord, is even as, as I, I've given this message before and going through it now and, and, even, and, and even studying for it, Lord, I, I know that there's probably just a flood of memories and coming about areas where I've dishonored anybody. Um, Lord, uh, or I'm thinking about times when, when people who I thought should have honored me didn't, and it hurt and it stung, and, and, I, and I get it, I get it. But I also get, Lord, that you don't want any of us stuck in that slop. For the son is set free is free indeed. So Father, I pray for everybody here right now. Holy Spirit, fall upon each person 
Speak to them right now on exactly how you want them to respond. And as you, as you hear, as you feel that tug in your spirit, that, that little click in your knower, that you just know that you know there's gotta be something different this time. I wanna encourage you, whatever, that, whatever he's telling you, respond exactly that way. And he will be faithful. He will be faithful. So Father, I pray for everybody here right now in the sound of my voice or who watches this message later online. Lord, I pray that you will all sink with, that you will sink within all of our hearts this, this principle of honor not having to agree with everybody on everything, but to be realizing that everybody has a heartbeat is worthy of a level of honor simply because you created them. And if you put them in certain positions that we might disagree with, them being there, Lord, we're gonna honor the position. We're gonna honor the position. If nothing else, as we learn to forgive the person and pray for the person and realize, again, they're fallen human beings and we don't know the circumstances they came out of. But we're gonna pray for grace in their lives. We're gonna ask for them to have their Damascus Road experience so they come to know you. Because you love us so much. So Father, pour blessing upon everybody right now. Lord, as we go this week, Lord, all these principles, the first five that we've talked to, may we be reminded of them. Father, may we activate them and make them reality of our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We would like to ask you a simple question. What has God spoken to you today? And how would he have you respond? We would sure love to hear from you. You can reach out to us with your prayer requests, your comments, or your questions at reimaginepeople.com and by clicking the Connect tab. We would also like to invite you to join us again next week for another encouraging and inspirational message from Reimagine Church.